Welcome back to another week of the PA High School Football Report podcast with Brian Linder and my co-host, my usual co-host, Nebby Asias, is out this week handling some things and got Dan Sostic stepping in again. He was on a podcast earlier this year with us. Dan, we're recording this thing on National Signing Day, the early signing period, and uh, I don't know how long, you're a young guy, I'm 38 now, I don't know how long you've been doing this, man, but it sure has changed. You know, we used to do this in February. And it used to be a giant day and just different now. And, you know, but we're here early signing period. We've had some local guys sign. We've had some big news nationally. We've had uh, big in-state signees. What are you seeing? What are you feeling right now, Dan, as we hear about, you know, right after lunchtime here on National Signing Day? Well, I mean, I know we got to keep it local, but I, I think everyone even remotely follows recruiting nationally is uh, buzzing about Dion and uh, what he pulled today, Jackson State, with Travis Hunter and pulling him from Florida State. That's a kind of landscape-shifting decision there, which is why I think everyone's buzzing about it. But I guess it's locally. A lot of good kids in Central PA signing today. you got Makai Flowers. you got Bo Pabriola. got Anthony Smith signing this week, too. Uh, we got a lot of... A lot of guys going D1 and then some other guys uh, even not going D1. So it's, it's a good crop. But like you said, it's kind of shifted to where early signing day is, you know, it's the big signing day now and it's going to get earlier and earlier. We'll see if it stays this way forever, but it's an exciting day. It's almost tough to figure out where to start. Yeah. So I do want to take it back to Travis Hunter, you know, nationally, that was a big story today. And I think it's on several fronts. From my understanding, there was a big NIL deal there with maybe with Barstool Sports. So, you know, if I read that wrong, then I'm, you know, I apologize, but I understand that there might have been some money involved there too, which is the changing landscape of college sports. But also, Dan, there's been a big push for HBCUs and, and kids to start paying them more attention to. I mean, you can't get any bigger than the number one recruit in the nation. You know, I covered MIAC football for 10 years with South Carolina State and then Benedict. I love the HBCUs, man. It's fun. It's fun stuff to cover. It's fun atmospheres. And I got to cover good football players. So it is exciting to see and interesting to see the changing landscape of college football that does impact us locally and statewide because we do have some kids, you know, I know Shaquan Anderson Butts ended up at Hampton. You know, he could have went to some other schools, but, you know, I think he he decided he wanted to go to the HBCU. So I think you're seeing that, you know, there's a two-pronged thing there with changes in this football landscape. Kids paying more attention to HBCUs and then also this uh, the, the NIL deals. So it's gonna be interesting how it works out, man. Yeah, and it's uh it's it's pretty cool, I think, that you know, someone like Deion Sanders, who really didn't need to do this, right? He didn't need to go become a head coach and in college and kind of, you know, revitalize kind of HBCU um, football, not even revitalize, I don't know if that's the right word, but kind of energize that whole landscape there. He could have just sat on sat out with all his money post-retirement, but he was it seems like he's legitimately Working on, and we'll see if he stays there. I mean, I know he's interviewed with some for some other he, job. He burned his knolls. He burned them yeah. up. Took the yeah, it's crazy. I think it's pretty cool that um, someone like that. You don't usually see too many football players of that caliber, of that stardom, the way Dion was going to coaching because it's a lot of work, and it sure seems like he's putting in the work. So it's kind of cool to see that. For people who are listening to the podcast, you know, for the first time, we are based out of Harrisburg. We do pay attention to the entire state. We're going to start with today in Harrisburg, the early signing period. We did have a couple kids sign as Dan Mitchell. Makai Flowers is headed to Penn State. You know, I like Makai. Uh, he can play both ways. He could be a safety. He can be a wide receiver. I talked to him uh, yesterday. I know he's going in. He's going to start at safety. You know, he's about a 6'2", 190-pound kid. 
He went out to the opening and he did really well at safety there. Dan, I think this is a kid too. When you look at 6'2", 190, right? And sort of his build, he can maybe even be like a nickel linebacker at some point. Yeah. So I think he's a very intriguing guy there at Penn State's head. Well, I mean, that's what everybody's looking for right now, right? Is those safeties that can play, you know, in the box and kind of do it all. I mean, that's what people at the next level are looking for. That's what people at the college level are looking for. And I mean, if he ends up turning into one of those, he moves really well. I mean, obviously he's a DB wide receiver, but if he can do that, sky's the limit. Maybe might be a little too high, but he could end up being a really good player at Penn State. The other high, high profile signing we had from here in central Pennsylvania Anthony Smith, Shippensburg, he signed with Minnesota. You know, Anthony's a 6'7", 250 to 280-pound kid, depending on what he ate the night before, I think. He can run, he can dunk, and I always, I've written this about 100 times now because I just think it highlights the athleticism that he shut down the Shippensburg Summer League, you know, Hoops League, dunked and, and shattered the backboard. And usually don't see guys that are just that big who can run and jump like he is. I think he's a little bit of a freak of nature. And Dan, I got to tell you, this is a kid who legitimately three years ago thought he might be playing basketball. This yeah. is all still very new to him. He's ready for it, but this is all still sort of surreal to him. So there is big time upside, I think, with Anthony. I don't think he scratched the surface of what he might be. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I've been covering Anthony a lot um, back my, when I worked at the public opinion in our coverage area. So I think I saw him on the basketball court before I noticed him on the football field. You know, I remember seeing him as a freshman playing for a good Chippensburg program, big kid, like where did this kid come from? All of a sudden you start seeing him pop up a little more on the football field. And I remember right before the pandemic started, I believe he visited Bowling Green and got an offer from Bowling Green. And that is literally when, you know, the recruitment started to really blow up for me. Once you kind of get that first offer, sometimes they just start pouring in. And all of a sudden he kind of went from this project type guy that not a ton of people knew what to do with. And all of a sudden he's getting Penn state offers, he's getting pit offers, he's getting West Virginia offers and he commits to Minnesota, which is an interesting destination for him. And I mean, they've got a good coach and staff there and he's going to be a guy that I feel like a lot of coaches are going to be excited to get a hand on because like you said, they don't build they don't build a ton of people with that frame and that athleticism. I mean, he could play tight end, played tight end this year too, played fullback. I mean, he moves really well for a defensive end. That's what I think you wrote in the write up. You could see him moving inside too eventually. Yeah, but he's definitely someone that if he works out, it's going to be a real problem. Yeah, funny story about Anthony is the first time I saw him was you know three or four years ago. I think it was his freshman season. They were playing Redland, and Redland was terrible back then. Okay. And he had six sacks. He was a long, <laughs> lean kid out there, Dan. And we ranked him, you know, we do our prospect rankings here at Penn Live. We ranked him before anybody. And it was just off of that red line game. And you hate when you see a kid play a really bad team, you hate to just go say, oh, you know, he's awesome. But you could just tell with the frame and stuff. So I hit up Coach Eric Faust at Shippensburg and said, hey, what about this kid? And he was kind of reluctant back then. He was like, you know, he still wants to, he still thinks he's a basketball player. The next year, he was telling me this kid's going to change Shippensburg football forever. In between, I'll give a shout-out to Cam Tenner, who played there. And I talked to Cam a little bit in here and there on Twitter, and he's like, this kid's going to be the real deal. Yeah, you know, I think, Dan, he can play on the edge right now, and that's just how athletic he is. But I always look at kids, and I try to imagine, okay, when they go to a college weight program, they start eating these steaks, start lifting these plates. What are they going to look like in two or three years? So with that frame he has, I just don't see any way that this kid doesn't hit like 300 pounds. 
Mm-hmm. And for people who are, you know, I'm not going to compare his play style to the guy because the guy's all world. But for people who are looking for maybe like a similar sort of like build, and I, I think he's going to look, look, maybe not play. It'd be great if he played like him, but look like DeForest Buckner. He's going to be that six, seven guy who's going to be like 310 or 15, 20 pounds even, but with some athleticism. I don't think he's going to be like a, you know, hefty 300. Not just weight to to get the 300 pounds. It's going to be weight with a purpose. I think he's going to be built like DeForest. We'll see. I think he's got, the thing that excites me about Anthony is that he has such a tremendous upside and he's an intelligent kid. So it's going to be fun to see how that pans out. Couple more uh, area signings today. Mario Easterly is going to Old Dominion. He's going to go play safety for Randy Ronnie and those guys. Now, Old Dominion didn't play football last year because of COVID nineteen. They're in a bowl game this year and in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Mario Easterly is going there as a safety. Dan, I still think Mario Easterly can be a college wide receiver. He was as good a wide receiver as we had probably in the mid pen this year. He made some big plays. But I think they're getting a good ball player. I mean, you saw him play a good bit this year. What are your thoughts on Mario Easterly? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it uh, this week. I'm kind of surprised he didn't get more, you know, higher Division One offers. And I think it's because he's a little, you know, not quite big enough for the next level. But he's such a good player when you watch it on the field. I mean, he showed up in the state championship game, too. I think he had four catches, 120, had the first touchdown of the game. He's the big play guy. I'm, both ends. I, I've I've been really impressed with him. Like you said, he's maybe a little too small for you know some of those bigger programs. But Old Dominion's a good pro. They put people in the NFL now. They've got that Taylor Heineke playing quarterback, Zach Pascal playing wide receiver for the Colts. I mean, they are a built. I think they're joining the Sun Belt next year. It's a really good destination, I think, for him, where he'll probably get to play sooner rather than later. And then college football is at the point now where if you show out for any sort of team that's like doing well. I think you got a chance to, you know, maybe, I don't know, NFL or something, but, you know, you put yourself in a position. I think he's the type of guy that's going to be able They'll to find you. Know, you. Yeah. They'll find you. And, and Old Dominion is a, a program I really do think similarized a little bit. Like I said, when you go from not having a season a year ago because of COVID to being in a bowl game this year, and they went on a pretty darn good run. They got, and I know this because they had some local guys. They got JoJo Heaton, who actually played at McDavid, and he's graduating this year. He's you know, the old man there, he's been there like six years. And then they got Zach Koontz. That's a name a lot of people will remember. He was a, you know, All-American sort of type level player here in high school at Camp Hill who went to Penn State. And now he's there and he's having a really good year. And I think Old Dominion was even kind of pushing him for some All-American consideration there because the year he's having there. But I like Mario's ability. I think Old Dominion is getting a good football player there. And he's a smart guy. We've had him on this podcast. You know, he talks well. And we... One more signee today, Kyle Yeager. I, I, it hasn't been announced by Sacred Heart. He's a long-time commit there. I talked to him last night. He's supposed to sign with them. I don't know how much you covered Central Dolphin this year. I think you had a game or two with them. But Kyle's a 6'4", 285-pound guard. He's going to be another guy that's going to be like 6'4", 315, 320 when it's all said and done. Sacred Heart has another Central Dolphin guy there on the line in Blaze Heschler. I think Kyle's a guy that has some, maybe not as much upside as like you know some of these other guys but he's going to be a very solid player and especially at Sacred Heart, I think. Yeah, I mean, you just look at what that Central Dolphin running attack has done over the last couple of years. And if you're part of that offensive line that's kind of making that thing go, you're definitely a solid player. And we'll see what happens at the next level. Obviously, you said uh, 285, so it probably has to put a, a little bit of weight even at non-Division One level. But Central Dolphin play, offensive line, play, they know what they're doing, and the proof's kind of in the pudding. So we'll see how he does at Sacred Heart. 
you know, looking around the state real quick, let's just look at Pennsylvania and, and kind of, you know, take that in for a minute. I really, really like, and I've said this before, Dan, I really like what Penn State has done with their class here, especially in the state. You know, not everybody they sign is a big four or five-star prospect, but they are guys who I think are going to be really good college football players. First of all, I mean, Drew Aller coming in, that's big, okay? They got him out of Ohio, big, strong-arm quarterback. Love what I see from him on film. Then they get Bo Prabula here at Central York. And, you know, I talked to Bo last night, and he didn't say Drew Aller, and I'm sure they have a great relationship. But he said, he look, I know I got to go in there and grind and compete, you know, and he's ready. He's ready to do that. That's a guy, Dan, that we ranked initially as an athlete because when his freshman year, he was playing wide receiver and safety. His brother, Cade, is now at Delaware, was the quarterback. He's very athletic. He runs about a 4'6". He's 6'2". I like Bo Previl. You know, I think Bo Previl is a heck of an athlete. I'm really excited about that quarterback position for them. And I don't know how much you saw Bo, but I think they're getting a good player there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I worked I worked pretty closely with the York Daily Record uh, last couple of years. They were covering him pretty extensively. And it's going to be interesting. Like you said, they've got two quarterbacks coming in. Now Sean Clifford coming back. So it's going to kind of be a behind-the-scenes battle for a year probably between Aller and Pramula. And like you said, Pramula might have some flexibility. We'll see if he and fight tooth and nail to remain a quarterback. Uh, but Aller's obviously a little bit of the higher-profile guy in terms of recruiting. I've, uh, like you said, his athleticism does stand out when I covered him. He's a lot quicker than I think people give him credit for. That'll be kind of an interesting wrinkle to that, like I said, behind-the-scenes battle there for him. It's going to be fun. See, I, I, this is when I look at the top of this class, you know, and I wanted to talk about our Pennsylvania guys. Drew Aller is, you know, he's really got the arm cannon. He's got some big-time arm talent. And then there's Pabula who, you know, he said that James Franklin compared him to Trace McSorley. And he is a little bit more athletic. So you almost, I think, you know, have two quarterbacks with some different sort of skill sets. I think you're going to find a very good quarterback out of there. And again, I wouldn't bet against Bo. I've been ultra impressed with what I saw from Drew. I think you're going to find a very good quarterback there. And then I think you have an NFL, as NFL ready, a running back, not ready, but a guy that's going to play in the NFL and Nick Singleton. He doesn't get hurt. I've seen Dalvin Cook in high school, seen DeAndre Swift. You know, I've seen some really good backs. Nick Singleton really just took off Dan last year and a half. And I know you saw him in person several times. Yeah. Well, um, about that quarterback thing, like you said, with um, Pabula and Aller, uh, five-star, four-star versus three-star quarterbacks, a lot different than a lot of other positions. You know, the UC all the time, three-star guys beat out four stars and five stars and whatnot. I mean, I'm a pick grad. Kenny Pickett, three-star quarterback, Heisman finalist, beats out guys like Thomas McVitie, who's a four-star out back there. It happens all the time, so you never know with that. But running back on the other position, when you're a five-star running back, you tend to pan out. And I would be very shocked if Nick Singleton's not on the field immediately panning out for Penn. I mean, what depends, I believe Penn State didn't have a 100-yard rusher this past season. I would be very surprised if Nick Singleton didn't get that at some point next year. I think um, 24-7 might have compared him to Nick Chubb or something. I don't know if they were just doing a Nick-on-Nick Nick comparison. I, I don't know if I see that quite as much. He doesn't have I, – I mean, he's fast. Don't get me wrong. He's fast. He's. It's not just like – sprint speed running past people it's just you can tell there's you can see how 
people move different, if you know what I mean. Like Nick Singleton just moves different than every other person on the high school football field. It just looks different. It feels different. It's different than guys who are going D1. He could probably have played this year, I think, for Penn State. I, I always say that's my cheat sheet to like knowing if a guy is a guy. You know, coaches say, it's funny, coach speak. If a coach has a guy as a guy, that means he could play. But if a coach has a guy as just a guy, well, you know, he's just nothing special. It's funny. I always say that. But I always say my cheat sheet to, to tell him if a guy is a guy is if you go out on a field and everybody looks the same, he ain't out there. But if you go out there and it's that one guy that looks different. And Nick Singleton looks different. And, you you know, you talk about Nick Chubb. I've had loftier comparisons to him on our podcast multiple times. You know, one of his former trainers, Daryl Daniel, compared him to Rashawn Salam, who went to Heisman at Colorado. I've went further. I've even compared him to Adrian Peterson a little bit with the thick lower body, the way he can run through guys without losing speed is sort of reminiscent of, of AP to me. And that's a, that's a big deal because again, I think a lot of kids now they're seeing 40 year old Adrian Peterson, who's kind of hanging around with a, you know, a wad of tobacco in his mouth and practice at 40, <laughs> like the old man out there, that guy was unreal. And I yeah. hate to even put that on a kid, you know, that I think he, he has some of that in him, but I think he does. So I would be so excited, man, you know, Penn State right now. I think you're going to find your quarterback. I think you're going to find a game change running back. Anthony Ivey's coming in from Penn State, Manhattan Township. He has that game-breaking speed at receiver. You know, I really like him. Uh, Drew Shelton, Downingtown West, their offensive tackle they're getting. I think he's super talented, a very athletic sort of big guy at 6'5", 285. You know, we talked about Makai Flowers. Two guys that I absolutely love in this Penn State class. Keon Wiley, who in our final 2022 rankings for the state, we moved all the way up to three behind Nick Singleton and Enoch White. Keon Wiley, the outside linebacker defensive end type from Imhotep. And then our number four guy is Abdul Carter. He's 6'3". You know, he's 225, 230, 240-pound linebacker, Dan. And it's funny because when I, when I wrote his bio for our final prospect rankings, he came in at four in the state for us for 2022. It just does not look fun to get hit by this guy on the field. He flies around, cuts guys in half. I'm excited about those guys. I, I really love what they've done with this class. Yeah, well, I just saw Keon Wiley at the state championships this past week for Emotep. And the one thing that stood out to me seeing this kid is he steps on the field and he looks like a wide receiver right now. Like he's not, he's not that big. Like he's very kind of, you know, he doesn't have the typical build that you see out of defensive ends all the time, especially four-star defensive ends. But when he gets on the field, he gets past linemen, he makes tackles and he provides pressure. And I talked to him a little bit after the game. Um, they lost to Penn Drafford. Um, he said that, he does know he's got to put on some weight. Um, I'm sure that's not going to be a problem at Penn State. I, they, they know what they're doing there. Once he does that, his I think he's been such a productive player for them. And so the, you just turn on the tape, he sticks out immediately. He's going to be a guy for them. And they have produced so many edge rushers recently, whether it's Shaka Tony, Adafi Owe. I mean, these guys are coming out of Penn State ready for the NFL. So it seems like a good destination for him. When he committed, his coach, Devin Johnson, Emotep, we have a pretty good relationship. And I got him on the phone. We were talking. He called him an alpha male. The thing that stood out to me and always stood out to me about this kid and what he talked about was his elite first step. And that's how he gets in that backfield. I mean, you know, he's off the ball like a rocket. And they got another guy I want to mention, too, real quick, Dan Cantali. Great, great kid coming out of Northeast there. You know, he got schooled up as a young kid by Dion Barnes, who's at Penn State now. He actually moved. He was an edge guy. I, I like him as an edge guy. 
Um, but he actually moved and played some middle linebacker this year for Northeast. Great attitude, smart kid, and I think he's got some big upside too. I think they got some guys that could, they're going to disrupt and rush the passer and who might be a little underrated in state. I think they got some guys who can be difference makers here. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like there had been a criticism, you know, past couple of years or so that Penn state wasn't doing as well as they should have in state. I know a lot of, a lot of that might have to do with more and more schools are coming into Pennsylvania and realizing they can come in and, you know, grab guys. Cause it's a, there's so much talent here now, but I think this class has been a good, you know, bounce back and kind of flexing their muscles a little that they can get a lot of the top guys in state. Yeah, you would have liked to have seen them. I think if you're a Penn State fan, you would have liked to have seen them get more traction probably with Eni White. You yeah. know, I think he's going to choose here this evening, probably pretty soon. I think he hasn't chosen yet between like Texas A&M, Alabama. Maybe I'm getting the schools wrong, but that's that level of the school that he's going to pick from. And he's, he was a long time for a long time, our top ranked kid in his class. And he's like 6'6", 230, 240 pound kid who's really kind of blessed athletically. And MOTEP coach has been telling me for a long time, he could be the best kid out of the city which is saying something because Philly's had a lot of talent. So yeah. I wanted to touch on a couple other guys, uh, you know, from around the state real quick. Tyrese Fearbury, who was a uh, one-time Penn State commit uh, for a little bit there. Uh, I think he – I haven't checked. He was heading to Kentucky. Uh, he's another one of these long, lean, athletic kids, sort of raw, uh, played at Perry Traditional 65, 210, you know, coming out of the Pittsburgh area. I like him. I mean, his, he was lining up at receiver and stuff. Uh, his trainer, D. Brown, two tenths speed and agility, Pittsburgh. You know he trains some of the best guys. Your guy Aaron Donald, your pick guy. He trains Aaron Donald. Yeah. He compared this guy to Dathio with. You know he's he's an electric type athlete. There. He was our sixth ranked guy in this class. So it looks like he's heading to Kentucky again. If I get one of these wrongs, one of these guys switched. I missed it, but you know I don't think we had any surprises today. Uh, Ryan Brewbreaker. Cocalico. I don't. I, did you cover a Cocalico game this this year? I don't think I. I don't think I only got to Cocalico for some field hockey. I didn't get them. Didn't think of the same play football. I don't think he played field hockey, but he does swim. <laughs> wow. pounds swimmer. <laughs> He's going to South Carolina, and I'm gonna tell you, a lot of people had Drew Shelton as the top ranked offensive tackle in this class, and I really loved Drew. And for a long time, I had Drew there. I moved Ryan up. He's a little yeah. bit bigger. A little bit longer, he's 6'6", 280. I had him as our top-ranked tackle in this class. You know, he's he, that's a good get for South Carolina and the Gamecocks. And the Gamecocks, they just got Spencer Rattler. They got a couple of Oklahoma guys. They got a couple of big commitments. Uh, maybe they're doing something. Clemson's losing. I didn't think Clemson was going to lose some track, in traction. I'm a South Carolina guy. Yeah. So maybe he's going into something good there with Shane Beamer. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Jalen Clem, he was our eighth-ranked guy. He's Adrian Clem's son out of Pine mm-hmm. Richland. 6'6", 260 pounder. We actually moved him up to our number two offensive tackle, you know, and an eighth overall prospect in this class, right ahead of Drew at nine. Jaden, uh, Jalen, I, I don't know why I want to keep calling him Jade. <laughs> He's this kid's a great athlete, man. He could really be at 6'6", 260, like a defensive end. And I think yeah. even like two or three years ago, he was like a quarterback or something for Pine Ridge because I had some of the coaches telling me this kid's, you know, really bulking up and he's moving to the line. Watch out for him. I don't know if you got a chance to see any of his film, but the kid is he's an unreal athlete. Man. Yeah, and his dad, his dad's the offensive line coach for the Steelers. Yeah, right Adrian Clem. Adrian Clem. Yeah. South Carolina, they got Keenan Nelson Jr. You know, we just saw this kid, St. Joseph Prep. He's been doing it four years, man. He's been doing it four years, you know, for one of the best programs in the state. 6'1, 200 pounder, 
safety. I think the Gamecocks came into Pennsylvania and got two really nice players this year. Yeah, I mean, it feels like some, there's more of that come, going in now where just some of these schools feel like they can, you know, if they work hard enough in Pennsylvania, they can come in and kind of sneak in and, you know, come out with a couple good kids. There's so much talent here now that you really can get some runoff, even at the Division One level. It's not just like, you know, the FCF schools coming in and getting the not unranked guys who are actually good. You can come in here and kind of come out with some pretty good talent. I mean, Kentucky's been doing it a little bit too. Notre Dame's obviously been doing it for ages, but who knows? Pennsylvania could have a South Carolina pipeline at this point. So there's just a couple more kids I wanted to mention. You know, you make good points there. There's a couple more kids I want to mention. Uh, Kay Giacomelli and Trafford, they just uh, they just went and won a state title. Um, He's so impressive. He, he, yeah. he, was, he was like, he was just a guy that, I mean, first off, I, I turned to Eric Epler at the game on, uh, and I just said, why, if you're a running back, why wouldn't you commit to Wisconsin on the spot? You know, like, I mean, you get to run behind those wow, Wisconsin offensive lines. He's got such great balance and against such a good defensive front, too, and Emotep, and he looked great. I, he's going to be a good player for the Badgers. You know, and one of the things about him is his versatility, right? So I remember, yeah. like, as a freshman, you know, and I think as a sophomore, too, we ranked over 400 people, I think, out of his class. We had him, like, down in, like, 200s or 300s. He was playing receiver, okay? And he was a pretty good receiver. And then between that junior and senior year, when that junior year, you turn on that film, and he's just this explosive sort of powerful back. And I bring up D. Brown again, two tenths. He's very complimentary of the work this guy's put in. He's worked really hard to get where he is. He's got good vision. That receiver in him, he can catch the ball, right? He's about six foot, 200 pounds now, so he's probably added 20, 25 pounds since we first saw him. He's got a burst. He can run away from you. And here's the other thing, and I know I think they want him to play running back, but this guy's a pretty darn good safety, too. If something doesn't work out, you know, at running back, you can always give him a shot at safety, and he could make an impact there as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, Ed Cade, Kevin Thomas is a sprinter out of Newman Gretti. I, I didn't see where he picked today. I think he had a couple choices to make. Uh, Sean Fitzsimmons is a guy headed to Europe. Pitt Panthers, my man. Big yeah. defensive tackle, Central Valley. He's been among the most productive defensive linemen in the state. And I'm sure we're, we're about to do our all-PA team. Pretty sure that Sean Fitzsimmons is going to have a spot on that. Yeah, my Western, my Western PA buddies all rave about him, both on and off the field. So he's really great kid and um, one of the most productive linemen they've had there in a while. We'll see. He's a two-way lineman for them and they've had so much success. So I've heard a lot of good things about Fitzsimmons from um, that area. I'm going to mention three more guys and we're going to move on and sort of carry, take this thing home. As they say in wrestling, we're going to take it home. I wanted to mention Sam Brown, the running back from LaSalle College. He's a Rutgers commit. Dan, I've really liked this kid for several years. I give him sort of another lofty comparison, he, you know, and it's probably uh, aged out for some of the kids these days. But, you know, people who know football know, you know, he's about a six foot two, 200 pound running back who can run and catch. I've sort of compared him some when I look at him to a Matt Forte with wow. his running style and the way he can, you know, he can get it done there. That's a pretty good comparison. I feel like, especially we kind of, you kind of mentioned with Adrian Peterson. Sometimes when you hear these guys' names, you you remember the end of their career when they were, you know, he was playing for the Jets or whatever and getting like two yards of carry. But Matt Forte on the Bears is a – I like that comparison too. He's a, a good, versatile running back with size, which you can't find – don't find too often. You know, some intriguing guys here. Raleigh Collins, Newman Garetti. You know, he was a West Virginia commit. I haven't looked today to see where he ended up. 
whoever gets him is going to get a very interesting kid. He's 6'4", 185. You go watch the film. He can line up at corner and cover guys and do it well. I mean, he could be a 6'4 corner. You just don't see 6'4 corners. And you got to figure when he gets in that, you know, lifts those weights, eats those steaks, gets in that college program, he's going to put on 20 pounds, you know. Yeah. I think he's a big safety, nickelback or something like that. But he's just oozing with athleticism and upside. It's really like that kid. Donovan Heinrich from Central Catholic is going to Notre Dame, another good kid. Colton Deary has been a mauler down in the trenches for Malvern, Malvern Prep going to Maryland. And I think that's about it, my guy. We got a ton of other guys. We could talk all day about guys going different places. I think Penn State did well in the state. I think our local guys did pretty well. And I think there's some real good gifts for schools outside of the state. So overall, yeah. kind of put things in perspective. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty good class this year coming out and ton of division one talent. And then there's even, there's some, it's not even finished yet. There's still some kids waiting to commit. Let's talk real quick. Let's touch on that. We have a bunch of good kids just here in central Pennsylvania who will be probably choosing their school, whether that's a smaller school, another division one school to have some spots open up after today, didn't get maybe some kids they thought they were going to get, or maybe some FCS level schools, stuff like that in February. You know, and that class includes like Tajay Brody from Middletown, who's a 6'4", 230 pound kid, who's a really excellent defensive end, Camille Foster. Speedy, he calls himself Waffle House. House, He's always open, Dan. Uh, But uh, he had a really good uh, championship game too for McDevitt. He really stood out. Ryan Russo, who's McDevitt's, you know, really came on for them as a senior. He's a six-two, two hundred-pound linebacker. You know, he just got a preferred walk-on, I think, from Rutgers. He's going to find a home somewhere. Uh, Max Mosey. They said, uh, I, I think Tommy Mealy told me he might be deciding between football or basketball, too, because Russo is also a basketball player. So he kind of wants to make that decision, too. He, but he had after maybe after the year he had, he might be leading football at this point. He is a good basketball player. Yeah. But there just ain't many 6'2", 200 pounders in the NBA anymore. Yeah. There are some linebackers who end up being 6'2", 230 pounds in the league. Yeah. Man, Ryan Russo got really good. And I don't, you know, you don't want to put out on a kid that, oh, is he going to go to the league? But he's a good player. I think his future's in football. I think he's a good basketball player, too, but I think that's his future. 120 uh, tackles. 20 tackles. Yeah. Max Mosey, Central Dolphin, wanted to mention him. A very, you know, he's had a very good career. He's a very interesting guy. He sort of kept his calm under pressure. He's mobile. Central Dolphin asked him to do a lot this year. There wasn't necessarily a ton around him. In the lineup, they had some good players, but skill-wise, they were down from years past. I think he's a good player. I think he could play somewhere. So there's some still some interesting guys. Who am I missing, Dan? I know there are a couple guys I'm missing. I'm I'm interested to see if Deion Bryant's obviously is very undersized from Milton Hershey, but every week you do the stat up update on a website and he's got another 200 yards and five touchdowns or whatever. I'm I'm always interested to see where guys like that go. Guys who maybe didn't get a chance to you know show on the bigger stage because their teams weren't winning games for, and it had clearly no fault of Deion Bryant's. And I'm interested to see where kind of you know guys like that end up. Guys who are being doubted a little bit. Here's a guy for you. Jonte Morris. Now, yeah. I talked to Jonte about midseason, and, you know, Jonte tore his knee up last year. He was really looking at corner. He still thinks he might be a corner. He came back as a senior and had a really big year for Cedar Cliff at running back. Uh, he's about 5'10", 180 pound, you know, 180 pound kid. I thought he had a more of a, a second gear coming off of a knee injury. There was some yeah. explosion. 
And uh, he told me about midseason he's probably or he was looking at going to Lackawanna, which mm-hmm. great, great decision. You know, Lackawanna's put a lot of guys, you know, if, if you're not getting what you want in, a, in terms of an offer, kids, you know, a school like Lack, a good JUCO comes around uh, and gives you a chance, you know, look at them because their track record is there. I think he's a good player. Troy Collard is, as far as I know, still committed to Air Force. Guy wants to be a fighter pilot. Uh, he got banged up a little bit this year for Cumberland Valley. He's 6'3", probably 215, 220. He's He came here as almost like a wide receiver, Dan. And I yeah. think he's going to play linebacker in college. So those are two more guys there that I think are you know pretty good and, and worth watching. And there's some other guys out there, too. Emilio Diaz. Talk about – he's an undersized lineman out of Milton Hershey who did that blocking for Deion Bryant, like him. Roy Irvin, Harrisburg mm-hmm. Center. He's been a starter for them, key up front for several years. You know, and kind of fun to see is um, yeah. Tate Leach from Middletown starting to get some. Uh, he got a couple offers, I think, after moving the quarterback but out of necessity. Uh, and he did very well there. I mean, he's a defensive back to wide receiver, started getting offers basically because the Blue Rays needed him to play quarterback because everyone else went down. I thought that was kind of a fun story, too. Not the biggest guy, but a scrapper, right? Yeah, you know, he's, just a, he's a tough dude. Now, I'll tell you, you know, a couple more guys, and We'll, we will take this home, as they say in pro wrestling, brother. <laughs> CD East, Tamir Thornton, 6'5", 200-pounder, playing receiver. I've ranked him as a tight end. I've ranked him pretty high because yeah. he could be a big wide receiver, right? But then, I, again, I try to imagine what they'll look like. They actually got in a weight program. And, you know, you could see this guy being 6'5", 230, still being able to run a little bit and really able to create some mismatches as a receiver. I like him. Yeah. I think he's an under-the-radar guy. Marcel McDaniels Jr. for them scrappy little guy lied his way told him hey yeah i play offense when when the new coach come in this year he only played linebacker before five seven ran for over a thousand yards good little running back there quick and short spaces for cd east and they got some big guys andre howerton their center damn mo ali who had a great story uh if you look yeah. that up on pen live about the ali brothers cam mm-hmm. livingston's an undersized guard i'm just spitting out names here because they got some guys a guy i love Tyrell Ford, he's a six-foot, 180-pound corner who can run like a deer and cover. So I like – I think there's still some really underrated guys of CD East, too, and across the pen. I know you saw CD East a lot. Anything you want to say about any of those guys real quick? I think you were spot on with Tymir Thornton. I mean, he showed up in big games, too. Like, he – against Mannheim, he had a bunch of big catches. He's, he's just a guy that can go up and get the ball. And sometimes, you know – Football's really complicated and really tough to understand. And other times it's just about, I want to throw the ball to a big guy and have him jump up and get the catch the ball over a smaller guy. And I, I think Tymir Thorne can do that at the next level. So I'm interested to see uh, where he ends up. And Cam Livingston just showed up constantly on both sides of the football whenever watching them. I mean, I was always, always came away really impressed with him on CDs. Cam Livingston is six foot two six, and I don't rank guards who are six foot 260, <laughs> but I ranked him because he's really freaking good. And you know yeah. what? Another guy, Tyshawn Black over Harrisburg has been a four-year starter for him. He's like six one, you know, 260, 270, 280. Another really good sort of, he's shorter than a lot of guys would like, but I think he could probably help a program at some level. So yeah. look, Dan, we're supposed to keep this thing like 30, 45 minutes. You've been talking too much. <laughs> I, I, my mom tells me that too that i talk too much so i think it's um, me i think it's the southern uh deal i mean we just we start talking we don't stop 
And sure. I get excited. I get excited about signing it's day, signing man. Day. Can, it's signing day. You can go over on signing day. I've seen some old fuddy-duddy reporters who don't like this college recruiting stuff. I love it. And here's why I love it. It's the This is a day when a lot of kids' lives and their families' lives change for the better. Yeah. And the entire buildup to it, and everybody says, I've seen people criticize kids for tweeting out their offers and stuff like that. And I say, are you crazy? You know, do you see what some of these kids are tweeting out? You know, a kid tweeting out that he just got a life-changing opportunity. Please, we need to see more of that. It's a great day. We're going to have another one ahead of us in February. I'm really excited to see where some of these kids end up because I really do think, you know, COVID-19 changed so much for these kids. There are some kids who would have offers by now. Here's another one I want to mention. I keep mentioning guys, Mike Jones out of Mechanicsburg. You know, he sort of flew under the radar here, but he's a 6'6", 280-pound offensive tackle. You can't teach people to be 6'6", 280. There are guys like that still out there that would have had big offers probably three years ago by now, or bigger offers. And and some schools are going to get some really, really good players here, I think and find some gold come February. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about today. Great day. We've talked a lot. We're going to come back. Hopefully we'll have Nebby back too. Maybe Dan, we could bring you back too. We'll talk about maybe our all PA teams next time around. We kind of do our all state team regardless of classification. And then, you know, when we get closer to Christmas here, we're going to have our mid pen all-star teams at Penn live for football, all the other sports too. But, you know, we really do football up. We're going to be looking at the state. We're going to be looking at the mid pen. And kind of recognizes some guys for years they have, my man. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Dan? Anything else you want to say before we sign out of this thing? No, just echoing your statement, man. Uh, it's just, it's really cool to see these kids, you know, as far up as the number one recruit in the country to as low down as, you know, a guy getting a preferred walk on offer at like a D2 school or something. It's, it's just nice to, you know, see these kids continuing to get to play the sport that they really like and, and, you know, committing to for the kids who aren't going to make it to the league, you know, getting that opportunity to like get ready for the next part of their lives too. So it's really uh, just a, just a good, good day. And, you know, you can get bogged down in all the NIL and whatnot, and it's ruining recruiting. These kids are going to college and should be happy for them. Football is year-round, Dan, so we'll be back next week with another PA High School Football Report podcast. We're going to have plenty more on PennLive.com. Make sure you check that out. Dan, what's your handle on Twitter? Dan underscore S-O-S-T-E-K. Check out Dan on Twitter. Make sure you follow him. I'm at Sports Bobby Linder. That's B-L-I-N-D-E-R on Twitter. Follow us up. Check us out at PennLive.com. Make sure you subscribe to our, our content and uh, show some love and we will be back next week Dan until then see you later